the city of Espo on the Gulf of Finland. Like a chill wind in the Finnish night, we are Thunderdome Metal Reviews. And tonight, we are bringing you a discography blast of Finnish melodic death metal, specifically that of Children of Bottom, whose founder, lead guitarist, vocalist, and spiritual center, Alexei Laho, passed away last year. We've done one of their albums, but we decided to do a discography blast to kind of review more of their music. I'm the Reverend Ben Lindsay, and with me as always are Tracy Newport, master of the spreadsheet, the Dr. David Pizzo, and joining us again, our great friend Gabe. Gentlemen, how are you this evening? Feeling magnificent. Magnificent. Excellent. Excellent. I'm ready to go to Finland on a musical sonic quest. Oh, me too. Yeah. So um, this is a band that I uh, have, I had not heard all the albums because as we've talked about on other episodes and blasts after I had my accident, I didn't listen to music as much as I did before. But this is a band that I saw live with uh, Mastodon, Slayer, and Lamb of God. It was a wonderful show. Um, as much as I get Mastodon shit, uh, they were pretty decent that night. But really, it was, uh, and of course, I'm in the bag for Slayer, but really, it was um, Children of Bottom that stood out to me. So, you know, I followed them through the early 2000s, and some of those albums are on here. But uh, when it was time for me to pick a blast this time, I was like, yeah, fuck, let's do this, especially after. Alexi's uh, untimely um, yeah. departure last Indeed. year. So, yeah. Um, so here we are. Here we I are. Think, I don't remember. I know that we did an, another one of their albums and that Tracy, I don't think you or David were that familiar with it. How about you, Gabe? Are you familiar with this band? Almost not at all. Uh, and this is really my first deep dive into them. Yeah, Ben, I in my mind thought they were Norwegian black metal. I think somehow like Burzum was floating around in my head and I just saw the name. I think I saw the covers. I'm like, and not going to stop here. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes any sense. There's just so much music in the world. I took one look at it. I was like, ah, it looks like black metal, which it really isn't. I mean, it has some maybe black metal elements, but that's not what this is. So I mean, I guess I misjudged it. I didn't have any friends who liked it. And yeah. friends who had mentioned it usually also like black metal. <laughs> so I had <laughs> what I'm going to call strong circumstantial, but misguiding evidence that it was something other than what it is. To me, now hearing it, it's more like, oh, is this where Medicated came from? You know, some of that other Finnish mm-hmm. stuff we've done. Okay. I'm like, and I see some Entombed happening. And I would argue at the gates a lot, which we can talk about later. But yeah, it's certainly not Mayhem or Bursum. So I apologize, children of Bodom to you for assuming you were a norwegian and b black metal <laughs> i i found these guys i don't know if i mentioned it when we last did them one of the years that they toured on ozfest i had a real big habit of like i'd look at the ozfest one like oh let me check these guys out because i always had it i had i'm gonna go to one of those shows never did so i ended up finding all the bands that ended up being on the shows there and these guys are always a band that i would I could all like there was a couple of tracks we dug, but nothing that like I could really sink my teeth in into the sort like I found like it was either very hit or miss with me as a lot of melodic death metal was for me at the time. Like the same with Arch Enemy, and I think I heard a little at the gates then. It's just a lot of those bands coming out of there. But no, like I agree, you can hear a lot. I'd even go as far as to say the Northern European countries of like the sounds I kind of immigrated out of there, out of uh, Scandinavia, Norway, Finland, just those sounds that kind of culminated in the late 90s or 2000s. I think you hear a lot of that in this band that diverges at times throughout the albums. Yeah, I think it's, it is pretty solidly in that camp. I think it's a little bit thrashier just because of Alexi's playing style, but you know, that's that's my own that might be my own stuff that I'm bringing in and who I associate them with. Cause I do heavily associate this band with Slayer as we'll talk about going forward as we get into the albums. Um, anything else before we dive into that, the first album we're doing tonight? Nothing that I can think of. Well, all right. Um, the first one we are doing is follow the Reaper. It is their third studio album. It was released in Finland on Spine Farm Records, but internationally on Nuclear Blast. It was released on October 30th of 2000. 
recorded in the Abyss in Paraby, Sweden. has a runtime of 38 minutes and 14 seconds. The producer was Peter Tagdgren and Children of Bodum. Um, I'm going to fuck up some of these names. I apologize ahead of time for any Finnish listeners or people who have a better understanding of uh, Northern European names than I. Alexi Laho on lead guitars and vocals. Alexander Kuopala on rhythm guitar. Jan Wehrman on keyboards. Himka Sapala on bass and Miaska. Radkanen on drums. Of the albums that we did, I feel like this is probably the rougher of the four. I think it doesn't, I think it's missing some of the polish that the other three have on them, which I think listening to them as a set may hinder our thoughts on this album as well. Because it, even though it is earlier and you know it's earlier, you hear what they do later on. I think that might at times detract from this album when hearing it as a set, like we have. I want to open by saying Alexi Laho was a fucking legend who, holy shit, because I got so into this, you know how I always do extra homework. I went all the way back to the first albums, like, and, and the other directions. So I listened to this whole discography and that motherfucker was cracking that stuff out when he was 18. Oh my God. Yeah. And he was only 41 when he died last year, which my 44 year old ass felt the burn of. Oh yeah, totally. Fuck dude. And was he, I felt like I didn't get a clear answer in some ways. It doesn't matter whether it was COVID or just existing, but anyway, he's not. Yeah. No, it was not COVID. It was complications because he um, had drank heavily for years. Uh, oh, Finland. You mean? No, I say that with love Finland, but yes, existing in this world and being in a place where it is dark 20 hours a day for part of the year. And I'm sure he had hard shit happen to him. Anyway, I want to say that I know the one I think I want to say to Tracy is I, and I always do this. I listen to these things before I look at rankings. I found this also a bit unpolished and not quite formed and, even though I think the production is actually better than the next one. That's a weird thing. I'm not sure what happened there. I still like the next one better. And I think Halo of Blood, the third one we did, not to give it away, sounds a lot better in some ways. But in terms of rankings, people fucking love this album. I was a little struck. I'm like, oh, shit. This was like at the top of not all. Like, it wasn't the top of Alexis. We can talk about no. that later. Right? That was interesting. I'm like, oh, well, that's always. When you see them rank their own albums, often you get some very strange outcomes. Or mm-hmm. not strange, but unexpected. Like the Iron Maiden rankings are like that too. You're like, what? That's the order you'd put them in? Because um, they have the whole history and attachment. Yeah, no, they were in maybe... it. Like, this is the one where I wasn't allowed to write anything. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, you know, yeah. Or they had that, like, the whole entire time getting recorded studio, the band almost killed each other 12 times. Yeah, totally. totally. It was a horrible experience. Yeah. Their less, their worst album by fans was that, that album that they all just clicked while writing it. it. Just fans love through. this shit. Yeah, totally. Fans yeah. love this fucking yeah. album. From what I was reading, this was like a breakthrough. The first one was a breakthrough record for them. And to be honest, I didn't see it. (laughs) Um, It wasn't the production that I paid attention to really, or that sort of threw me off at all. But it was more just like this, the style that, um, that was their sound at that point in time, which, you know, for me is very, very power metal and not at all sort of what I had expected going in. I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect that. So that I think was a bit confusing because it was such a huge record at that time and for the band, but not in this moment for me. I'm glad that you mentioned the the power metal influence here because this does have a whole lot of power metal stuff on it. And I can remember in one of our text threads when we were talking about about this album leading up to recording, I said that this was a power thrash band. And that's what I think of. I mean, I think melodic death is much more what they turn into, but this early stuff, man, it's because, I mean, it's got so many of the tropes and associated characteristics of power metal in it, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's played with a little bit more speed and aggression than I think most power metal is. This is around the time Time that I first started hearing them, this and the, the album in 03 uh, were probably the two that I had. And man, so because of that, I'm almost in that fan perspective that this is the first stuff that I heard from them. This is kind of the, this is not the album that necessarily broke them for me because I think I went back and got this one because I didn't get it when it came out in 2000, of course. But this is the sound that I think of when I think of Children of Bottom in my head. So I, I always will have a kind of a soft spot for that because that's where I got in on the ride. I got through on the ride at Hate Crew Death Roll, and that's the one that Laho ranked highest, yeah. actually. That's the one, I guess, right after this. Yeah, if, if maybe I misspoke, Gabe. I, the production didn't bother me. I think the production is actually better on this one than the next one, but I like the next one more. But I do think this sort of is their archetypical sound, especially if you go from this one backward. Like you can yeah. see, it's just like a bunch of horses galloping, going, wah. I mean, it's sort of a, that man of war space 
with like with with thrash i mean that's definitely what it is it's a thrash power hybrid i feel like they evolve i agree with ben i feel like those later albums start getting more into a melodic death metal place but part of that's just conversion evolution because i think a lot of other bands are also borrowing from them in scandinavia and i don't think there's influences the gottenberg sound but i mean they're 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 pretty fucking huge actually just by in terms of what in europe in terms of how big they are i mean maybe less so in the u.s but yes i think so too and honestly the next wave of power metal that comes after this if i have my chrono- chronology right and if not i'm sure a listener or tracy will correct me but <laughs> I think of bands like Dragon Force being mm-hmm. directly influenced by Alexi's playing. Uh, I think so too. Not necessarily the 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 band, but Alexi's style. I think what you we typically assign to Dragon Force, I think all that came out prior to 05. Let's fucking see. Well, so did this. So. Well, this album is 01. Well, Valley of the Damned was 03, 04. So 06, which is where Through the Fire and the Flames are. So all after this. Well, yeah. after this. And the other albums. I mean, yeah, like, this is their third. They had one in yeah. like 98, 99. I think it's 99 and then 97, yeah. I guess. Yeah, he was a baby. For me. Tiny baby. Kind of going with the Dragon Force is more nets. And I think it, the Dragon Force is like a hybrid of these guys and Sonata Antarctica. Sure. And that super over the top cheesiness, but different conversation for a different podcast. <laughs> well, I was I was specifically talking about the guitar playing, yeah, not necessarily what their sound overall was. Uh, yeah, Herman Lee. Yeah, I think guitar solos are also power metal adjacent, and I know it's not literally a guitar, <laughs> but the first few of those they rip through, and they're they're good. That fucker is good. Yeah, but they are at their cheesiest on this album. Right? There's they're lots like, of there's lots of like keypads, like, like string pads, and like yeah. You know, uh, I, the squealing string bends, like that's yes. totally like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I fit the guitar yeah. tie. Not to mention the orchestra hits. You know, you yeah. got to have like the, the orchestra hits in there. <laughs> there are some of those keyboard runs that the first time I would hear them, I was like, is that a guitar? And I was like, no, the notes same, are clear. That's got to be a keyboard. <laughs> same. I was like, is that some fucking synth guitar, Iron Maiden esque <laughs> bullshit? And then I started reading that there was a full time wanky keyboardist. And I'm like, oh, I see what's happening here. I bet he had the uh, longest hair. But, uh, I bet he did too, but he's also a badass. But I don't no, like, What kind of an infernal guitar is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's what adds to their sound. It does. Is that they have this keyboardist that's up there on par with like what you see with he some is. of the black metal bands at the time and the symphonic black and I mean, he's better and he's shredding on a keyboard which is not something that you you see a whole lot of he's not like playing like i, I guess he has background chords yeah, and shit. yeah exactly yeah. Yeah. dude is like oh yeah <laughs> i mean that's happening <laughs> yep that's happening a lot with guitar like guitar goes he gets to go yeah, yeah. No, he's like a full member of the band in a way that yeah. is not actually that typical of the music I listen to. I have to admit, it's often background or orchestration, like mm-hmm. atmosphere, ambiance. But this is like leading the charge at times for this genre, metal specifically. Yes, uh, there are some yeah. other stuff that I listen to that is more piano driven, but that's a lot more singer songwriter stuff. Than for sure, is. for sure. Yeah, this is not that. <laughs> I think he does a very good job, but I feel that they are in that same tier with. At the gates, who I also adore, where their vocalist is, eh, I mean, he's all right. He does it. He gets the thing done. But I'm not going to write letters about him to, uh, I don't know. And I'm not going to write letters about him home. A bit of an acquired taste for his vocals as well. Because I, I know, very from, what heard of him, from what I heard, you know, prior to this blast, I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about doing this blast. And I was worried as we were, I was like, fine, I'm doing it because I have to, but I'm not enjoying, going to enjoy it moments. Like I was, I was seriously afraid about how I would feel about this blast, but I found myself enjoying it more than I did. And it got better. I say after like the first full listen through and going back to it the second and third times later on, I think it, the, I developed a taste for his vocals. I think that once kind of getting over that hill for at least, for children of Bodom, it makes their music much more enjoyable. As somebody who was on the adjacent hill called Carcass, I felt like it was not difficult. I feel like between Carcass and At the Gates, this was an easy transition for me. Awesome. That's the thing. This music sounded very familiar. I'm sorry. This also the death and roll thing. Mm-hmm. They do a lot. I apologize. Go in. Sorry. 
No, I was just going to say that I think his vocals get better as the album so. progress too. I mean, I really, this is one of the, and we've seen this in some of the, and that's one of the cool things about doing the discography blast as opposed to doing a single album hit like we, what we normally do. But this is one of the few times where I really feel that you can really see a growth in the uh, musicians and just the songwriting, because I mean, this is still like incredibly, this is, this is, an album whose songs are driven by the guitar riffage and licks. Whereas later on, on some of the albums that we're going to get to, they're actually fully fleshed out songs with more intricate parts. Whereas this is still kind of like, look how fucking fast I can play. You know, and I think there's there's definitely a space for that in metal. I mean, fuck some of the best and most famous metal bands in the world. That's how they got their start off too. It's just like, look at Dime play or look at Eddie play. Um, so there is definitely some of that in here, but I do think as a songwriter, what you can really see a growth as this man progresses. Yeah. I'll second that motion. So shall we talk about songs? Let's do it. I'll go first on this one. I think follow the Reaper is an okay opening track slash title track bottom after midnight. I really like every time I die, taste my sky, hate me. Those are the ones that stand out. The other stuff is, just okay. Some of them are a little bit more than okay. There are riffs in almost every song that I like, but I don't think it's entire pieces of music that they necessarily hold up. All right, I'll jump in there. For me, a lot of this album sounded a bit cheesy. <laughs> not going to lie. It has to do with sort of like the 80s type keyboard sounds, just kind of the hair metal vibe on some of the tracks. But I did enjoy Children of Decadence quite a bit. Um, also Taste of My Sight and Hate Me. Those are my top ones. I think also on this album, they could have used a little bit of editing because some of the songs just kind of go on and they don't go anywhere. But it is the beginning of something good. So I guess that's something. They managed to at least keep it to 46 minutes. So overall, it is in a hot giant mess. I got to admit in that vein, I was so traumatized by the ponderous 80-minute soporific nonsense we listened to last week that the sheer speed of this was, I felt like a unicorn breaking free and shooting into a <laughs> rainbow. So, for, and that's, it's it's all about context, y'all. So the speed of this, I dug, it is sort of cheesy, but I was kind of here for it. I think I liked it more because it was my second Children of Bodom album. And I think I liked it more because I listened to three more Children of Bodom albums after it. I agree with you, Ben, the blasts feel a little different. You're like, oh, is that how that evolves? So that being said, I think Follow the Reaper is fine as an opening. I like Bot- um, Bottom After Midnight. Uh, that whole first run of four songs is pretty good. I do like Taste My Scythe and Hate Me. Northern Comfort's okay, but you're noticing I'm skipping, I don't know, three, four, five that are sort of only okay. Uh, Hellion I like. It's not quite as full death and roll as some of what happens on the albums after this. I kind of like that they start going full cowboy bar, right, on subsequent albums. Like, no, we're going to do our death and roll song. Somebody put something in my drink. It's like, which is it's always even more hair rental gay but at least it's honest about it that song is amazing by the way <laughs> that song is fucking amazing i know that's the thing that song rocks when they actually do hair metal they're very good at it so maybe it's more convincing when they go you know full buffon or whatever but uh this is a fun album i dug it i don't know i i do not agree that this is peak of all bodomosity but i was not on the ride from the beginning so what do i know I don't think it's a peak, and I'm sorry to step in before you say anything, Tracy, but I wanted to speak to the hair metal thing because this band does a lot of covers that are bonus tracks and shit like that. So they like do covers of the Scorpions and all kinds of shit, and they nail them. They are really, they really good. So you can tell that, and it's his age too, because he's a little bit younger than me and David, a little bit older than, than Gabe and Tracy, but he would have listened to a lot of that hair metal, especially coming out of Europe. So yeah, you can For tell sure. they're heavily influenced by that. Yeah. I mean, have you seen the mullets and vetting game? I mean, it's just, <laughs> or just to be anybody in the Czech Republic, like they know, they know hair metal. The winds of change, y'all. It wasn't just the CIA, it was a lifestyle choice. I, I see that. <laughs> Try say. Uh, I agree with Ben. I think Follow the Rippers is an okay opener. I don't think it's the strongest, though. But I'd enjoy Bolo Metro Midnight. Taste of My Scythe, Hate Me, I think are probably the really three standout tracks on this album. Tudor Decadence is pretty solid, uh, but I do think you have a chunk there in the middle, and there at the back half of it is kind of okay. It's not bad, but it's not amazing either. No, that's usually the space we're all in, kind of. Yeah. I I think it was just, or go ahead. When me and Ben did Arch Enemy, Doomsday Machine, it doesn't quite hit that space to where everything runs into like a sameness sound, but there are moments in here, and I think it might be because they do a song and call back to it immediately two tracks later and hate me with the exclamation point. And I'm just like, 
huh, okay. Am I listening to it? Because I thought I was listening to an out a track a second time whenever time I heard it. So that might be why I had them thoughts on this album. That's a really good point that you bring up that Arch Enemy. I think that Arch Enemy album as a whole was more proficiently played throughout, but it didn't sound like they were having nowhere near the fun that it sounds Indeed. like they had making this album. Yeah, you can hear it, means. right? Yeah. I think it matters a lot. Yeah. Like the vibe it gives off, they don't sound nearly as much like they're being drowned in a bathtub or <laughs> want to kill each other like Rammstein. These guys, I mean, they might be wasted. It is Finland, but and again, I love y'all. Yeah, they sound like they had a ton of fun, especially when they do those covers, man. They don't give a shit. I know I love it. That carefree thing. It's not, again, not very not black metal. And again, I apologize, children, about them. It just has a totally different vibe to it. You know, I agree they are not as proficient as some of the most sick black metal or maybe Arch Enemy, but the playing on here is really fucking good. And it does have a sameness to it, but I, I don't I, see thrash conditioned me to tolerate that. If it's yeah, good same. enough, I'll take it, right? Because Ben, you and I both know a good thrash album usually is just kind of a lot of this. Slayer breaks the mold a little, like they'll kill you slowly with that gain, but then it's right back to it. So... Um, this barely even has that. It, I have to admit, it might benefit from some sort of palate cleanser in the middle, but fuck it. You're just on a motorcycle ride with two Uzis. And they don't it's care. also 38 minutes long. What are you going to do? So, yeah. yeah, fuck it. Anyway, but I agree with you all. It is not. It is the beginning of something really cool, but not that fully realized. Excellent. So let's move on to the next album, Are You Dead Yet? The fifth studio album uh, released on the 14th of September in 2005, recorded in three different studios, Finnock Box, Hasfatan Studios, Estia Studios has a runtime of 37 minutes and 23 seconds. Again, released on Spine Farm in Finland and then Century Media for the rest of the world. And the producers share this time are Miko Carmilla and Anzi Kipo. This album, it is interesting because they changed their tuning. The previous album was in drop D. This is in drop C. Uh, the previous two albums because we are not actually doing the fuarth album the band is again Alexis Laho on lead guitars and lead vocals Rob Latvala on rhythm guitar he does do a solo in if you want peace prepare for war and does some of the backing vocals Henka Sapala does bass and backing vocals Jan Wehrman is back on keyboards and Jaskar Ratkinen is still the drummer and they did bring in Joanna Kosonen for female vocals on their cover of Oops, I Did It Again, which I don't know if was on the version that you guys listened to or not. It was not. That sounds interesting. I do want to say, Ben, thank you for giving me all this Grim Reaper corpse pile themed metal in the middle of the Delta wave of the coronavirus. <laughs> so just to let our audience know, it's August 21st, 2021, year of our cruel Lord. And this was a this was a week of Rona of Delta Rona and just all these images of that fucking man with, or I'm sorry whatever he is undead care on the boatman anyway with his his sickle <laughs> uh, I have to I'll just say this here I thought this album was better than the last one for me the shift from a little bit less melodic a little bit less hair metal to more riff driven I think it was a little muddier sounding and but whatever I just kind of got over that because the riffs in here were awesome I kind of more death metal yo oh and death metal's ambassador says this is better yeah when it becomes <laughs> when it becomes more distant I'm like okay you've now made a good choice so yes I'm biased but yes as it became more death metal I rode the ride harder and with more joy yeah I think the sound is better is better than the previous album as well of the, of the previous album that we did for this episode. I think it agree that they do leave some of the melodic death metal elements behind. And I think they do, they pick up a groove to them. I think also they add that touch of groove into it that I think actually adds a nice little touch to it. You mean the other thing I like? <laughs> <laughs> so look, oh, there's death metal and groove happening. Oh, and the Grim Reaper is killing me. Sign me up. Yeah, I had much the same impression as uh, you all did. I wrote more groove, more death, less power, more fun. And that's pretty much the album in a nutshell. It sounds like they're having fun too. I mean, they're, there's, they're not taken so seriously as well. There's no like classical sounding key run all over the place. So I think, I think it works a lot better. And like, yeah, it's just, uh, it's a little bit lighter, a little bit looser. It is definitely that. I mean, you know, even the t album title and the title track, Are You Dead Yet, comes from, and this is kind of morbid in retrospect, since we know how Alexei passed away, but it was due to an alcohol-fueled injury that he had that he was making fun of. So, I mean, you know, you can tell, and the fact that they chose to do a cover of Britney Spears, you could tell that they had a, a 
a sense of humor about them that really kind of differentiates them from a lot of other metal bands from their region, or at least the way that they present themselves. I'm not going to pretend to know whether those guys actually have senses of humor or not, but they're usually just, you know, corpse painted up and like being grim as fuck, which I can appreciate. But I also like this let loose party boy kind of thing going on here. And the playing is a little bit better. I agree that the production is murkier, uh, whether that is because of the influence of death metal or not. Hard to say. It, it very well could be, but it's just a more interesting um, sonically, a sonic album presentation than what I thought the earlier albums were. I mean, somebody put something in my drink is ridiculous, <laughs> but also, I mean, it's it's super fucked up what it's about. But in terms of the sound of it, it's a fun song, and and again, it indicates they're not taking themselves that seriously compared to, as you say, some of their well-meaning, very earnest, earnest compatriots in the far north. That one was only on their uh, U.S. release, right? Yes. Yeah. So that says something too, because I think it's a much better closer than <laughs> what they what they I think so too. That's also uh, like a cover of a Ramon song. Um, yeah and so like that's just it they they would do these the united kingdom release had rebel yell as a cover mm-hmm. um the japanese track had the is where the britney spears cover was and then a cover of poisons talk dirty to me which i have not heard which i would love to because i bet it's fucking awesome just hearing the, him do that in his rasp which that's something i want to say that alexi's uh vocals are kind of an acquired taste kind of getting to tracy when he was talking about he didn't really necessarily like his vocal styles but he always does this very interesting vocal fry rasp that does change, but it's something that still sounds like that's still identifiable as him that I kind of, maybe it was Stockholm syndrome, having listened to all these albums back to back to back, but I found myself really enjoying. I think that indigenizing via a cover, that sort of glocalization thing is very clever. I had not put that together that, and I knew they did a lot of covers, a whole cover album, I think after this, but that, it's like McDonald's. Like, how do you want your burger? Guess it's going to be lamb because it's South Asia. Like that adaptation to the local market yeah. uh, uh, is clever. And I guess maybe they didn't need a great co- closer, Gabe. That sort of makes me wonder about we're not going to fall. Like if that was all we, if it was always intended to be the thing that came before the cover. I mean, I guess. Or was it released in Finland without anything? But where did they sell their records? They sold them in Finland. They didn't really sell them in the U.S., you know what I mean, by and large. I think by this point in time, they'd crossed into America. Oh, I, I bet they sold more in Germany or Britain than in Finland, just because of the volume of existence. But I was just saying, if, if the Ramones cover is for mm-hmm. the, US, the U.S., for instance. This is around the time, this album is around the time they started showing up on the Ozfest tours and stuff, because this is the album that I first heard by them, specifically... Mm-hmm. The single "Are You Dead Yet?" So this went to number one in Finland. Uh, so, yeah, but it cracked the 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 Hot 200, Billboard Hot 200 in America. Uh, in Japan, it went to number seventeen. I don't see where it went in the United Kingdom though. So, but I mean, yeah, by this point, they at least had a a, a, a you know a, a footprint in America. I mean, to break the top two hundred as a European metal band, I think it's pretty impressive. So. But yeah, I'm sure the majority of it was for Finland. But, you know, showing, I wonder what that says, though, because to that point, because it, it doesn't appear that there's a cover on the Finnish versions. But is that, like David said, adaptive marketing for the, the markets that you're trying to break into? Or is it just, uh, you know, we don't have to show this side of ourselves to in our home country because they get to see us live more often. Who knows? I don't know. I think they want you to see a song you've heard of. I think they want you British dude laugh in, you know, Youngstown, Ohio, like, Oh, I've heard of poison or whatever. (laughs) You know, that's the Ramones. Those guys are awesome. I think it's, I think it's entirely marketing. Maybe I'm just very cynical, but I, I believe in record companies back in 2005, but I think it's, I think it's marketing. I wouldn't, put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them at all. It's smart. It is. I mean, it's a good way to, uh, it's a low barrier entry. Yeah, totally. No, you, it's hot, man. Like you said, to break into the top 200, it's a fucking Finnish power thrash band <laughs> in the 2000s. I mean, it was, it was a weird time, man. That's Toby Keith and his reign of terror. Fucking five, five finger death punch. Uh, there's a lot of butt metal at that time. Yeah, this is probably around the time the Five Finger Death Mush was first breaking. I don't know that for sure, but uh, a couple of years prior. Okay. Well, there we go. Thank you, Tracy. So it accompanied the surge. That's what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. I think I think this is similar to because you know Ben said he saw him on the Lamb of God tour, and this is when you start to see Lamb of God cresting with Ashes of the Wake because that came out the year prior. Yeah, that's Levi- far. Leviathan for Massive Slayer tour. 
just to be to, to be well, clear. Slayer, Slayer. I mean, you can't you can't deny the magnanimity of that name. But also, like you have Macedon's O four. Like these guys, I think were traveling in the same spaces that soon to be kings, if not already kings and prior kings of metal, are traveling in. And like they were starting to kind of, I think, at least cross into that, if not not mainstream media name, but main like mainstream metal household name. Like if you were a metal fan, you were starting to know who Children of Bodom was. Yeah, I'm sure that they were probably by this point a fixture on Headbangers Ball. Yeah, and I remember seeing. I know they released the video for "Are You Dead Yet." I don't know what else they released the video for off this album, but I remember seeing "Are You Dead" that one. So, songs, or do we have anything? Any other thoughts on "Are You Dead Yet"? I'm ready for some songs. I think Tracy should go first. I do too. I think I should go first. Let me pull it up. Of course, yeah, I'm gonna say one thing. I think they have some of the best titular songs on our albums kind of sense like i think the albums that they have and the songs they release that are named of similar that one they're all pretty they're all pretty damn good but i think are you dead yet starts really strong and the first four tracks with living deadbeat are you dead yet if you want peace prepare for war punch me i bleed i think uh bastards of bodum is pretty good and somebody put something in my drinks just hilarious somebody somebody put something in my drink somebody Nice. I love it. I think we have our new outro. That's going to be Tracy. See, I'm going to have the recording so it can just be, I can even delete that whole segment out and just never existed. (laughs) Tracy, Tracy, Tracy. You you wouldn't. Is it? Is it canceling your? Can you cancel yourself? You can, and I feel like that's not faithful to the source material. That brings up a lot of ethical problems in terms of oral history. We have to talk about all that, right? Uh, the the tracks on this, I do think "Living Deadbeat" is an okay opener, but I think that the title track on this is much stronger. Uh, Are you dead yet? It's a fantastic album. If you want peace, prepare for war. Uh, punch me, I believe. So essentially, the, I think the middle of the album up to through "Bastards of Bottom" is really cool. Um, some really good tracks there. Nothing I would say is great, but uh, all enjoyable. Uh, you know, it's just an album that you can put on and let ride. I do think that we're not going to fall if it was the closer. If you were one of the people who bought the finished version of the album and that was the closer you got, eh, it's not the best, but I do like all the covers that I've heard from the various releases in other countries. I'm going to shock all of you by saying nearly what Ben just said. Insofar as I like, I think the opener a little more, but I agree that run from Are You Dead through Bastards of Bodom is awesome. Uh, I'm very here for this ride. Uh, I'm not sure any of them are spectacular. I admit, Tracy, that even on this album, there's a bit of sameness to it, but all these songs are so fun and good. And I, for one, am glad I also did the US version because somebody put something in my drink is disturbing as shit if you really start actually picking it apart, but uh, it is well played. It is interesting. And again, it indicates a sort of a uh, levels of irony to them that are sometimes absent in what can be a very earn- earnest genre. But yeah, I think two through about seven are just righteous on this album. Yeah, I was um, definitely taken by a bunch of the first half of the record. The first song for me, Living Dead Beat, is the first song where they really use keyboards correctly. There's like a really nice use of keyboards and rhythmically much more interesting than almost everything the keyboards were doing in the last record. It's also a lot more groovy than the last record songs. So that makes it really amazing. I don't think so much of Are You Dead Yet, just because it's uh, melodically a bit boring compared to some of the other tracks. But if you want peace, punch me, I bleed in your face, and Next in Line are all great. Really nasty wreckage on if you want peace. And Next in Line's got those orchestra hits, but I'll, I'll give it a pass. <laughs> um, and Trash Lost and Strung Out is also one that I really dug. Unfortunately, there are just a few tracks here that I think are just okay, like Are You Dead Yet? And even the last track, we're not going to fail, but I think it's pretty, pretty good. Very cool. So now we're going to jump ahead eight years to their eighth studio album, Halo of Blood, which was released on May 29th, 2013. Has runtime of 41 minutes and 40 seconds. Also released on Nuclear Blast and Marquee. So I don't know what happened to Spawn Farm, but they're on something else. Recorded in Danger Johnny Studios, Petrack Studios, and Beyond Ability Studios. Um, Peter Tatgren is back in the producer's chair with Miko Carmila and Jan Weirman. 
the band Alexi Lejo, lead guitar, lead vocals, Rup Latvala, rhythm guitars, backing vocals, Hinka Sapala on bass, Jan Weirman keyboards, Jaska Ratkinen on drums. And here we go. And this one does not have the same number of bonus tracks for the just regular limited edition bonus tracks, Sleeping in My Car, a rock set cover. Um, and then the Japanese edition has Crazy Nights by Loudness and Sleeping in My Car. So there you go. Who wants to take lead on this one? I'll just go ahead and come out and say that this is the album where they hit their, their formula for me. It's, uh, but it's not formulaic. It's like they have all the right ingredients and they put them in in the right order and they cook up something real delicious. I want to suck. I want to, sorry. I want to second what Gabe said and interrupt Tracy. That's like a twofer for me. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Tracy. I No, I think this is where they nail it. And this one doesn't, I guess this is a rare moment where I really don't agree with a lot of the fan rankings and i apologize for that or critic rankings i think this is where they nail it i agree with you gab this is where like they use keyboard in the right way it's just riffy enough the production is clean he's singing so well they haven't lost the rhythm guitars yet because that's a doozy after this there's a little bit of a lineup shake up so i agree with this is the this is the them in the pocket right here interesting because i feel like this is a step back compared to are you dead yet I that's feel what like a lot of people is, say a lot of people I feel like this, is, this one just sounds like a little bit weaker i think some of the polish of this album comes like it's not quite as polished it doesn't have the sound i think it's just a step back compared to that previous album that we did you, most, I, most fans agree with you sorry I'm sorry man well no i was going to say the polish i don't think i agree with because this has a lot more slick popish production on it so i mean as far as that goes um i would have to say that it's a step forward in production is it quite as metal if they lose a lot of the the various elements they were pulling in from other genres like there's not really any death on this album this is pretty much just well in the same way this is pretty much just a straight up melodic uh, excuse me melodic death metal album as opposed to like just being kind of a let's take a little bit of thrash a little bit of hair metal and a little bit of death and just kind of roll them all together and see what happens i think that the songwriting is better on this one than it was on the fifth album so are you dead yet um i can see that if you like the more extreme it's kind of hard i'm going to make a weird comparison here i'm because um, what i'm going to do and i didn't really think about this so we talked about the the sense of fun that they seem to be having and there's still a little bit of that here and there's not a lead vocalist switch like the band i'm going to compare it to but in some ways it kind of reminds me of the band halen you know with David Lee Roth versus the Van Halen with Sammy Hagar. You can tell that they're still having fun, but they're actually much more a polished pop. Let's sell a shit ton of records band after Hagar's in, as opposed to with David Lee Roth. And I kind of feel this. And like I said, it's weird because there's not really a change of band members per se, but it just seems like there's a different shift. This seems a lot more commercially driven than necessarily their previous albums were. And I think that may be the thing I miss most is the influence of other genres on their albums. It's just the pure like, melodic death metal, slight touch of death and roll sound that you get on this album. Outside of the occasional blast beats that show up from like the black metal influence that shows up on this one. Yeah. And just for the record, this goes to number two in Finland and number 54 in the US. So it did a lot better than, the, you know, than Are You Dead Yet? Reviews of it talk about it being the most accessible one. Like, this is the one that's going to make death metal mainstream. I think there was anticipation it was going to do even better than it did, but it did pretty well. But I think it's, I think they do accessible well. There's only so accessible you were going to make this. So, polishing this, I don't know. I think, I just think that I think this album is so good. I just feel like they, they seem very comfortable. Uh, I, there are ways in which I like the riffs and sort of the crunchiness and the skull smashing sound of the previous album we just talked about. But in terms of just per, like, as you say, Ben, just get on it, let it ride. In terms of its overall, sound i think this album is just i like it better certainly than the first one reviewed and again that puts me at odds with nearly every ranking i read i think the pacing really works on this record too whereas on uh, some of the other records the pacing could be a little bit off where you know they drive it up to a certain intensity and just chill it. just i mean it's good to change things up every once in a while but i think that uh this record flows in a way that previous records sort of didn't um in a consistent way yeah, I, I really, uh, as I had said when we started this out, I really think that, and it's being a little bit unfair because like I said, we're skipping the sixth and seventh album between Are You Dead Yet and, and Halo of Blood. So the evolution in those two albums 
If we do, then we can talk about that, that then. But I do feel that the songwriting on here is much stronger because of some of the stuff that Gabe is talking about. And also, uh, you know, the, as far as the pacing of the album, that in some ways comes down to the sequencing. And this act, album actually feels sequenced in a way that the Are You Dead Yet just didn't to me. And I'm sure it was. I'm sure they put some thought into how, how that album was laid out beyond, you know, what is going to be the the cover album that we're going to, or a cover song that we're going to slap on the end of the album. But this one just does feel much more coherent as an entire album. Yeah, I think there was more intentionality. And I mean, I'm sure there was consideration, you say, on those previous, previous albums. But I think they just sort of wanted to kick ass. <laughs> Seems to be the vibe I got in those previous albums. And this one, I'm not even sure they were trying to become more accessible, but I think there, he was trying to achieve a little bit more of a mature sound uh, and something that cohered in a way that uh, I feel like the, the previous one we reviewed, and you're right, there were two between this one and that one. Maybe it's a little bit more single ready. This one reminds me a little bit more of Seventh Son of Seventh Son. Like that one doesn't actually, I know there were singles off the album, but they're so weird and out of context. Like, I don't know. Um, I think as an album, I might feel differently if I were listening to singles. I guess it's just a long-winded way of trying to say that. But as an album, I think this one was the one that was done the most masterfully. Okay. Uh, let's talk about some songs, shall we? Tracy, you want to go first? I think it starts... Uh, Waste of Skin, I think it's an okay opener. I think it's really good from Halo of Blood through Your Days of Number. And I think it kind of takes the back half, I think, is a little weaker than the rest. Like, I don't, I don't want to say it's a, I think it's a bad album, but I think it, for me, it just took a step back compared to Are You Dead Yet? So I think no one would be surprised if I said that there's not a bad song on the album. <laughs> I, think, I think they're all good songs. Um, there are just maybe one or two that I like less than the others, but. My top ones would have to be Halo of Blood, Scream for Silence, uh, which the melody is just awesome. Your Days Are Numbered, Dead Man's Hand on You. It's a slow and creepy one, uh, kind of like Punch Me, I Believe, that really works. And also uh, was into Damage Beyond Repair as well. I'm not going to talk about the covers, though. I'll leave that for someone else. Uh, I it's Here's one where I mirror Gabe. I really like Scream for Silence, Transference, Your Days Are Numbered. Denman's Hand on You and Damage Beyond Repair. Those songs are fucking awesome. The other ones are fine. They're not bad. They're just, I don't think, quite as strong as those. So this cover, is this another one, Ben? Now I'm like, oh, I wonder what, what country this was released in. So Sleeping in My Car, is that is that a US only? No, it was, that's actually the cover that went everywhere. Because it was okay. only, you had to buy the bonus album, bonus uh, to get it. But I mean, you know, so that was like the Digipack or whatever. But it was also on the Japanese edition. But so it was much more accessible and not as market-driven as the others were. Well, it's a fun song, too, and not as creepy as the last one thematically. <laughs> this is the one that closed out the last one. Obviously, One Bottle and Knee Deep, just, just too real. Yeah, I really like that one. I think that that is a good um, closer slash false closer. I also like the cover. Um, I uh, pretty much mirror David and Gabe on, on the songs that I like. Uh, the one that they didn't mention that I will, I think Bottom Blue Moon is a pretty good uh, track. I really love Scream for Silence, so if we're not... And one of the things that I like about it is the fact that the riff kind of reminds me of Skeletons of Society. And I was just sitting there listening. So I was like, what totally. song is that? And then I was like, fucking A, totally. which is one of my favorite Slayer songs. So I really liked that homage that they threw to Slayer. So yeah, I think highly of most of the tracks on this album. Which brings us to their last album. This is the 10th studio album released on March 8th, 2019. It is also, if you look at Alexi's ranking of the children of bottom albums it was number two on his list it was recorded in danger johnny studios beyond ability studios as well has a runtime of 46 minutes and 55 seconds released on nuclear blast miko camilla is the producer alexi lajo lead guitar lead vocals jessica ratkinen on drums and backing vocals Hinka sapala on bass and backing vocals jan weirman on keyboards and a new rhythm guitarist daniel freiberg and just so it's out there, this went to number one in Finland. It does not look like it broke into the U.S. top 200, though. But it did really well in other uh, European countries. I feel metal was maybe not riding high in 2019 yeah, in terms of billboard charts. Also, what does that even mean anymore? The market is so fragmented yeah, now. Who knows? Uh, who, who knows? And how it's is always, it even fucking tracked anymore? Well, yes. Like, what metric are they giving you? I think it. I'm not going to say it's meaningless, and those are the people that make the real money. But I think, in terms of the way we, even the way we make this podcast work, the streaming and siloing that happens now makes all this very different. So I'm going to say that this was, and this is, 
it's not bad. It's still a good album, but this was my least favorite, maybe, of all of them. Interesting. I feel like they lost a little momentum. I don't want to fault losing their other guitarist because I actually like 2015's album more. I backed up one before this, the first one where they had the replacement. And I apologize for not remembering his name. But um, that album's tight. It's heavy. It's really cool. It doesn't get ranked very highly by fans. I don't know. I guess I, I just don't agree with the fans, and I apologize for that, too. But um, I thought this album, again, it's fun. It's good. The playing is good. You know, Alexi is such a good fucking guitarist. You could almost put, like, a potted plant next to him with a guitar. It'd be fine. I mean, he's amazing. But I do think they lost just a tiny bit of their mojo. Uh, I don't know if his liver was giving out. I don't know if... Well, you know, there were already tensions. I don't know how severe they were, and I don't read too much into it. I mean, the band doesn't make it much past this, so... They don't, and he does release another album in 2021, but it's under a different band name. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, before his death, he'd already jumped ship like it it ends. So, and again, I want to read too much into it, and you never know it's your last album until it's your last album. Like, we'll read Rammstein's Untitled very differently if that's actually their last album. Right? They joke, like, we almost killed each other for two straight years. Well... Now, now you're done. So, but we don't know yet. But this is definitively over. And I'm not saying it's a bad final album, but I don't think it's the strongest effort. And I feel a little bad saying that, but only a little. Which is interesting. Of the what we done, I actually enjoyed this album quite a bit. And I actually, and it may be because this is the album I was coming back to. Because I remember, like, I was looking through my playlist, like, this came out 2010. Did I come across it? And I realized I'd actually heard this, and there were a couple of tracks I'd pulled off of it onto my major playlist prior. So this was something I'd. I had a basis with, even if it was kind of in my, not in my conscious mind of remembering, but unconsciously I'm like, oh, uh, some of this stuff, I remember this now. I remember this kind of deal. And so maybe that might be part of that played into it as I did have some familiarity with it going into it. I think that they experiment in ways on this album. Not that they didn't change up their tunings. We've talked about that a couple of times. The majority of the tracks on this one are in drop B tuning. So you can see them in some ways experimenting with the tuning to create an artificial heaviness and let's not pretend that this isn't a a fairly heavy album because it is but they also bring back some of the power metal elements that they had kind of jettisoned in the middle two albums that we talked about and i don't know how successful i thought that was there are some really good songs on here and i think that again that this is just a very sickly produced well-packaged album i just i i agree with david i think there's a little bit off the fastball on this not that it's not enjoyable uh, because it is but it's just um this one might be the one where i think it's a little too produced i think where this album hit me is there are a lot of great songs on it but the sequencing slash pacing just killed it back third especially but i did also hear some of that stuff that ben was talking about where they're going back to their you know power metal stylings or neoclassical flexing and that's not it's not terrible because it's sort of like they go in and out of it. Uh, it's not like they maintain it for an entire song, so that's cool. Overall, you can tell they've come a long way with their songwriting. Um, it's just that some of the tunes also don't make it up to the, the heights that they made on the previous record or even on the same record currently on, on this last record of theirs. So yeah, it's not it's not a high point for me, but it's a lot of it's still enjoyable. I also got to say that I missed the the cover closing out as opposed to the, the bonus tracks on this are all live cuts from the previous album or one of them's from this one, I guess. So yeah, I, I kind of missed the, the novelty of the cover. Maybe that's what's with the band is they wanted to co- do a cover and he didn't and they were like, fine, we're, we're done after this. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Cause I, and that may take some of the playfulness out of the album and in the process of production as well. Like you kind of, it doesn't quite have that same like playfulness and the recording studio sound that the other ones had in them. Well, and it might be reading too much backwards from the presentism, but, you know, if you look at the last or at least two or three of the last four tracks and what they're titled, man, it's like relapse, the nature of my crime, say never look back and soon departed. And it's kind of like, damn, dude, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, for him, what he died from, it's not a condition that just automatically appears. Like, you know what's going on well before it actually finally does you in. So, yeah, I mean, he he had to have known. Like, I, if nothing else, he probably knew he was on a top clock. He just maybe didn't know how much time was on that clock. None of us do. Yeah. <laughs> None of us do. But I agree with you that he, I mean, you don't drink hard enough to do what he did at age 41 and not know that it's hurting you. Especially singing the songs he sang. I'm not like reading a lot into his life. Literally, the stuff he sings about, it's very clear. He's feels he's spiraling a bit. And, you know, the band didn't survive much after this album. So, and those things, I think, always take time. Yeah. A band that's been together as long as they had. Yeah, because their lineup's 
relatively stable for very him. very other than yeah. that rhythm guitarist yeah yeah I yeah mean, well this is the first album that he's on because the album previous to this where they lost the old rhythm it was guitarist, a four piece yeah alexi recorded all the the guitar tracks including the rhythm parts so he did he did a good job dude that album's good i like i told you i like that album more than this one i do think it's very interesting uh before we jump into songs uh because i Sounds like, it, and I don't always do this, but I did read the when I saw the thing that had Alexi's ranking of the album, I was like, well, that's cool to see what the creator thinks. And there was one quote from that, and I wish I could remember where that was at, um, that I saw that. It was Loudwire, maybe. I don't know. It was one of those sites. So forgive me if it wasn't Loudwire. But he said, every, every one of our albums, people said that we were getting back to our roots. I wish I knew what our roots were that we were supposedly getting back to. And I just thought that was a fucking great quote to kind of expose <laughs> awesome. the way that, uh, you know, people talk about music albums. Well, it just goes to show, you know, you can, you can be an artist and make something and no one gets what you're doing. Um, and if, if you, I mean, and if you're an artist, obviously a lot of artists don't even care, but um, you have to accept the fact that people are going to put all kinds of you know, ideas and notions on top of what you do. And uh, the best thing to do is just ignore it, probably. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things where and I, I, a lot of my friends in literature talk about this all the time, you know, is the artist's intent what's important or how the audience accepts the work. And, you know, it's one of those things, once you create it and release it out into the world, you have no control over what people, what the meaning people are going to derive from it and what, how it's going to impact their lives. So, Yeah. Anyway, that is uh, probably a deeper conversation than we necessarily need to get into right here. But um, well, I mean, I think it's important to be to think about like you know the way we do with these blasts, right? We have to think about you know where 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 the artists come from, where they go, yeah. and mm -hmm. you know, can you can you really look at an album and not think about the other ones that came before, the ones that were going to come after, or like can you really think about Hexed? Um, you know, and not also think about this very last one, right? So I can do that when we do a single one because I I encapsulate it where I don't go back and listen to it. there any other the rest of their stuff. So I kind of take an opposite tact than what David does and maybe what you do, Gabe, from the you know, your appearances with us because you've talked about listening to other stuff too to kind of see where the the artist was when they created the album. So I try to, in the single reviews, just encapsulate that one album. But you're right. I mean, that's not any more valid than anything else. And I do like looking at the transition and how these albums evolve when you put them into a blast as opposed to taking them as a, a standalone piece of art. I feel like you are doing a sociology or poli-sci snapshot view of that album versus david my's deep background either history or linguistic like you gotta understand context man mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i don't do any extra i just do what's required and go <laughs> that's that's tracy the chicken slaughterer newport says you kill those chickens you fucking hang your shit up and go home <laughs> he mans Tra the spreadsheet because no one else will do it no, no okay. one else no one else will tracy also of course then listens to another 74 2021 metal releases yeah, yeah. so when you when you say you don't listen to anything extra what you actually mean is you don't listen to anything extra related to this mm -hmm. when you come with your end of your list i know it's going to be like an in place 137 <laughs> of 192 i cut it down guys it was in the 300 so yes. i think we're kidding game you'll say you'll say and with everything going on with me this week i Listen to only 16 other albums besides these. <laughs> and there it is. And there <laughs> it is. Context. That's context, right? That's there. context. <laughs> yeah, game, game calls shenanigans. Nope, actually context. <laughs> Here we go. So last week, I listened to uh, 25 albums between but, recordings besides what's required. Gabe, that is literally directly umfeld, right? It's just all the shit that Tracy's putting around. And it's exactly. all metal. That's the thing. It's not like you, me, and Ben, who like funk might be happening and God knows what else. Yeah. But Tracy, it's just more metal. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just a, and probably recent too. Oh, um, I pulled back on the recent some this year. Oh, because I'm back to the two early two thousands, No, because I'm trying to like because I had that major playlist to have. I'm like, all right, I want to get through that this year so I can kind of organize and delete some stuff up and kind of clean some stuff up. And probably next time we get back to the all right, here's my 18th album of the week that came out this month. <laughs> <laughs> well, what the crazy thing about it is, is that Tracy has a list, uh, a sub list on his one list, a, a sub sheet on his spreadsheet where he's like, okay, well, these I have to go back and listen to again. <laughs> 
That's my favorite. There's like a circle back list. So <laughs> when Tracy sure. says he doesn't do anything extra, he's actually doing by far the most extra of any yeah. of us. Yes. Yeah, that's right. I'm just making sure I got enough stuff that I like. But um, <laughs> I, I think... I know we've, we've kind of talked about chit-chatting about albums of the year so far, and I think I've uh-huh. hit 50 on my list already. Okay. <laughs> Man, I haven't even started to weed mine down yet, dude. It's like craziness. But so anyway. I've, I've started the process of ranking them already. Let's say that. Now, where when I when, you, when you're like, going like 300 deep, you have to. So I get it. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, I know that. An army of that size, you must yeah. get it in order before you set March. <laughs> Oh man, I'm going to try and pull us like we're spiraling, man. Should we talk yeah. about songs? Well, yeah, let's talk about songs. I don't know if I've gone first yet. Should I? Yeah, go I ahead. I don't remember. I don't even know. Um, there's not a bad song on here. They're all very competently played. Um, they're pretty. They're well produced. They, you know, they know what they're doing. But I agree with Gabe. The arrangement is a bit off, and I feel like there's some good songs on here. The, I feel like the opening tracks aren't quite as strong as some of the previous albums. But I think heck, what is it? Hecates, Hecates. I don't always want to say Hector, but anyway, Hecate's nightmare and kicking spleen is awesome. Uh, I do like the title track, but then at the end it sort of drags again, and I really would have preferred a fun cover to these live songs. So it's not a bad album. I just thought it was, for a variety of reasons, the weakest of these with the fewest really good tracks. Like I put, I can, some ways I can tell like, what do I add to my big playlist? I added maybe three of these four. Uh, some of those other albums, it was nearly every track. So I have a lot of children about them in my future, but from this album, it was just kind of a handful. I have this, I think it's a good one, two with the opener on here at this road on her grassing clover platitude and barren words. And I've again, enjoyed the title track off this album as well. I really liked I thought this road was not the best opening track. And I will agree with Gabe, uh, like David did on the sequencing. I almost feel like this is one of those albums that you want to listen to the songs in isolation and you'll think more highly of them than if you listen to the entire album as one piece of music. Um, but with that said, Under Grass and Clover, I thought was good. Glass Houses is okay. Hecate's a Nightmare, as David said, really good. Platitudes and Barren Words, Relapse and Nature of My Crime, Say Never Look Back and Soon Departed. And I also miss having a closer because I didn't think Knuckle Duster was that good. Yeah. So I think the album starts out pretty great. I like this road. I like Undergrass and Clover a lot. Uh, Glass Houses is pretty cool. Kicking a Spleen, I also really love. Hexed and Relapse. The, the last three tracks, unfortunately, just don't do it for me. And it's a mistake that they turn down the intensity there, um, especially because some of the tracks earlier are so heavy and so frenetic. On this track, and also uh, Say Never Look Back, they do something they did on the first record, which was like after about three minutes of a song going on, they completely change direction. And it's not organic at all. It's just kind of random. And that's really not enough for me. It has to like hook me from like, I don't know, the first uh, the first minute, not, you know, after minute three. So uh, that didn't work so well. But uh, the songs that are good on this album are really quite good. So it's still it's still salvageable. Well, all right. I think it's time to start doing some grading. So, follow the Reaper. I can go first, maybe, or should you go first because you picked the block? I guess it sort of doesn't matter with these. Yeah, we'll Did just take your. So, if you want to yeah, go, we'll first. go. Do all go first one time? Yeah. I'm going to go with a very solid A minus because even if it is entirely polished or formulated, and I like some of the later albums better, it's historically very important. I feel like. And it was just a whole lot of fucking fun. So I'm going to give this a, a, like a 91. I'm going to give this a B minus. I think it shows some of its lacking there, but I think it's it's a decent album overall, but I do think it's kind of missing what the later albums bring to it. I'm going to bring up the rear with a C plus on this one for the laser keys, the string pads, the, the classical runs, uh, and the songs are a little bit too long for my taste, even if the album is short. Uh, just a little cheesy. Sorry. I'm going to agree with Tracy and give this a B minus because I think Hate Crew Death Row was a little bit better and I gave that a B. I think I gave that like an A minus or a B plus. What did I give that? You gave that a B. I give that a B. I think I'm drank so much more of the Kool-Aid now. I would think That's I would right. rank the I think I would rank that album much higher now. Probably. And and in in I part of me wants to rank it lower than that, but I, as you all know, do feel like audience reception and historical significance matter. I like weight them, and maybe that's inappropriate, but that's in my math. No, I do I it consistently. 
Yeah, because I usually give stuff a legacy bump. I didn't give that follow the, the Reaper a legacy bump for whatever reason. But no, I think, you yeah. know. I think it's the breakout for them. And maybe I'm misinterpreting, but that was my understanding. It's yes. certainly in terms of just reading fan reactions, like, oh, shit, this blew people's fucking minds. It is either that or um, Hey Crew Death Row is one of those two. That for like, sure. And I, th- and I like that more than this one. I would give that a now probably actually at bay, believe it or not. I just... Um, I didn't know this band, and I listened sure. to that last one when it was an Arctic Wasteland. I also didn't listen to albums as much then as I do now when I do them. I hadn't refined the method mm-hmm. by which I, I anyway. Um, well, did you go uh, back and listen to it in this? A bit, yes, and I fucking loved it. I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah, I think I like it more now. I've also listened to a lot more power metal. Like, Tracy, <laughs> some of what you've shot me. Like, if I'm going to listen to Unleash the Archers, Gabe, nothing's going to stop me. Not even keyboard runs. Like, once I've been on some of the journeys Tracy has sent me on, Tracy sent me with elves and fairies to fight rainbows in distant lands. All right. All right, so that was the first one. I stand by my A-minus, gentlemen. Maybe I'm rating them too highly, but... I think that's a fair grade. I just, like I said, I I like some of the other stuff better. Such as Are You Dead Yet? I'll I'll go with this one. I think that this is a, a very good album. Um, just because of the, the the fun that they were having, the incorporation of other sounds, other into this. So I'm going to give this one a B plus. For me, I think this is probably the best album. I this is my favorite album that we did. I'm gonna give this one an A minus. I will also give this album an A minus. There's just a lot to like on the record, and it really only fails in the pacing. That's like only the second A that Gabe has given. I know, but I'll take it. And I only yeah. come in a a hair higher than him for me it's the 93 i think it's an improvement over the previous one but i like as you're about to see what's coming up more but it's a solid 93 for me it's a good album all right halo of blood who wants to lead off on that one i will go um i'm gonna give this one an a there's nothing bad about this record (laughs) um there's nothing bad about it uh which is to say uh it does deserve an a just because it has all the right stuff it has the groove, it has the crunch, it has the uh, melodies, it has the harmony, and uh, it's very, very appealing. Um, I could probably listen to it any time of day. I'm going to come in just because I'm so similar. For me, it's a 95. And you see, that's a gradual arc for me, 91 sort of upward. Uh, this is my favorite one of the ones we listen to. I might like Hate Crew a hair better. That might even be like a 96, 97. But of these, this is by far the best one. Solid fucking A. I also am going to give this an A, and I don't really have anything to add to what they said. It's not an A plus because there's not a song that I think is one of you know that is just so so awesome. I agree. Scream for Silence is pretty fucking close, but part of the reason I like that so much is again the homage it plays to Skeletons of Society. I'm going to give this a B plus. Like I think it's a solid album overall, but I do think like Are You Dead Yet a little bit better. And since I'm the one who hasn't gone yet, I'm going to lead in and. I actually enjoyed Hex slightly better than Halo Blood. Like if I was to give Halo Blood an 88, Hex is an 89. I just like it just slightly better than Halo Blood. But still a B plus as well. I, this was, it's a good album. And I think as per Ben's comment, pulling songs onto your fear, they're quite good. It's almost like a return to the single model as opposed to a coherent album. But to me, that was a bit retrograde. I think they've run out of a bit of gas. This one's a B plus. It's still really good. I'll listen to it, but it's the weakest of these four to me. B plus. Um, I guess I agree that this is the weakest, but I, I, uh, with that said, you know, I really, really, I'm going to get, I'm going to give this a B minus, which is the same grade I, I gave the earlier album but i think i enjoyed that one more even though i'm giving them the same grade but i mean it's just a matter of degrees i like tracy if i gave that one uh, what is a b minus uh if i gave that one an 83 i gave this one an 82 so yeah and i think this record is a bit of a disappointment even though there's so many good songs on it and uh for that reason and for the reasons that david mentioned as well uh i think it's just going back a bit so i'm gonna give it a b plus well, hot damn, gentlemen. That was a lot of Children of Bodom. And I listened to a bunch more Children of Bodom. I listened to all of their albums. <laughs> so thank you, Ben. That was a fun Maybe ride. Maybe put in the real work. 
I had a lot of time in the fucking office just thinking about COVID yeah, and, and chaos. So I used it to listen to this. And I used to sometimes worry about my colleagues. I'm no longer worried about that. <laughs> Finnish metal is not what's going to do them in. <laughs> no, not at all. I was, uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed it. I really am. I, I wasn't yeah, I love sure exactly show. how this was going to go over, but it was, it was good to me to <laughs> return to the mid nineties or mid nineties shit, the mid to aughts, the mid aughts albums that I really enjoy from this band and, and kind of rediscover them. I think even Blood Drunk's good too, man. That cover art is fucking terrifying. I'm looking at it right now. Dear God. <laughs> That's the thing that we didn't necessarily talk about. I, I wanted it, to. But yeah, this is one of those band, I, I, yes. bands that other than Iron Maiden has yes. kept a coherent cover art thing going and on. well done. I think it's yeah. almost, it's not quite Eddie Gray, but I it thought the not. same thing. I'm like, this is Eddie and Eddie adjacent. And indeed on my phone, it's a band inspired by Iron Maiden. That's the playlist at the bottom when you look up Children of Bodom. But no, I think it's a successful one because it's a little bit understated. Because there's only so many times you can do, you know, freaking Ratchet Head or <laughs> Eddie or uh and there's just enough variation. You all should look up Blood Drunk. I mean, it's more almost sure. like a cannibal corpse album cover. <laughs> um, and then there's I love the way Are You Dead Yet is like this like I don't know, either a drone camera or you're being killed in outer space. You know, that low res. I don't know. I think it's, it's a Blair crazy. Witch project of looking at yeah, the Grim Reaper. Blair Witch project, yeah. <laughs> and then Hex looks black metal as fuck. I think Hex is the cover I'd seen most recently when I was like, oh, that looks like black metal. <laughs> and it does. <laughs> I like how, like, outside of the Relentless, Reckless, Skeletons and Closet, and Blood Drunk, that they're all like, for most of their album art is monocolor in extent yes, with grading is. to it i think that's pretty neat and it's all each of them besides hey crew death world and deadly sins or something wild is a uh different color hey crew death roll i'm just looking at the album cover speaking of revisiting old albums we reviewed man is that awesome it is uh that's one of the reasons i bought that <laughs> oh of course you did that's so badass it's like sepia shadow running grim reaper type situation it's it's good shit with the with the album title and the old uh the Case cisco what was the cisco label like, maker? sticky tape yes yes <laughs> yes the label maker it's like hey. they're like this is awesome you forgot, to, you forgot to put the name on it. well yeah they just put like, la- label go. gun it's papyrus no yeah it's definitely a label gun um what are we what are we blasting next tracy what does next, the spreadsheet say we are blasting my picks and um i'm gonna surprise some of y'all we're doing john for a cowboy and we're looking at their yeah. original yeah that's how they sound <laughs> we're looking at their original <laughs> uh release in doom genesis zero nation and then our last release sun either so we are going from melodic death metal and just jumping into deathcore so that should be a fun trip for a lot of people for a lot that's- of people especially considering I'm the one that's picking it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that can be cool. You know, I don't, I'm sure I've heard job for a cowboy, but I don't remember hearing job for a cowboy. So I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) There's, there's some pigs going. Is it Caligula's Uh, horse that pisses you off, Ben? I know there's a couple Tracy bands, but. Uh, uh, hmm. Caligula's horse didn't piss me off. I thought it was beautiful music. I just didn't think it was metal. For the last, Jaffer Cowboy, it's definitely metal. All right. Well, thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time on Thunderdome Metal Review. Somebody, somebody put something in my drink. Somebody.